Small Business Spoonfuls is a weekly Q&A with Lisa Smith and Mason Merrill providing the answers to questions you have about running your small business. This podcast is sponsored by HelpDeskSuites.com. If you are a busy employer, we are your employment law compliance help desk. Visit HelpDeskSuites.com to find out more and become a member. Now, here's your host, Lisa Smith and Mason Merrill. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Lisa Smith. Welcome back to Small Business Spoonfuls. And I'm Mason Merrill. So today, Mason and I are discussing a little trip we took back in September to Colorado. Yep, that's right. And no, we were not visiting the edibles factory. (laughs) No, we were not. (laughs) Although that might have made this little meeting we had more fun. I know, right? I know. Maybe if the Department of Labor's had catered in the edibles, (laughs) it would have been more fun. You know, there's a lot of interesting questions and uh, concerns that went on, but with that, that could add a whole new factor. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Can you imagine the, the comments that would have gone on, right? Oh, yeah. my goodness. There was enough paranoia in that room already, though. I think that maybe yeah. the edibles would have added to For that. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so you're all wondering, what the heck were they doing in Colorado? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we went to the Department of Labor's listening session that they held in Denver in the middle of September. And the listening session was regarding the overtime exemptions that we're still sweating over yeah. since like three years now. <laughs> yeah, they seem like they just cannot get this figured out. So they've opened it up to the public to come tell them what they should do to make this better. <laughs> yeah, right. So they held listening sessions across the country. And the last one they did was, I believe, um, late October-ish. And it was in Washington, D.C. But they held several. And basically, they just took comments from everybody who came. There were probably, I don't know, 70 people or so at at the one we were at. And so everybody got five minutes to speak. And so we just got the microphone and we got to talk for five minutes about what we did want to see or did not want to see in a new final rule regarding the overtime laws going forward for this country. Um, so as you know, if or if maybe you don't know, in 2016, we had a final rule for overtime exemptions. And then that was going to raise the standard weekly threshold to $913 every week of the year for people who are not getting paid for overtime. And so, and there were a lot of other stipulations with that as well. And small businesses were not happy about this because the current weekly threshold is 455. So this was going to be doubling that threshold. So it was really freaking people out. And so at the last minute, right before we implemented it, December 1st of 2016, um, I think it was November 22nd of 2016, a Texas judge put a, put a, put an injunction on this rule, basically, and basically banned its um, implementation for the entire United States. Yeah. So basically it was put on hold. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was put on hold, basically. And so then what would happen next would be that the DOL would have to come back and fight it and appeal it and try to get it, you know, put back in order and all that. Well, in the meantime, we have an election and then we have a new president. We have a new administration. 
And then we have a whole new set of ways of thinking. And so then this new administration says, yeah, we didn't like that old rule anyway, so we want to do a new rule. And so it's like been one thing after the next. And so the bottom line is now we're getting a lot closer to getting a new proposed rule. Um, and so this these listening sessions were part of that. Yeah. Now, what they told us <clears throat> is that they would have something ready for us to review in January. Yeah. But then they came back just a couple weeks later <laughs> and they <Update>. said, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be March. Yeah. So this is this this situation is very complicated. And when we went to that listening session, it was purely a listening session. They had nothing to say. People would ask them questions and they say, we're just here to listen. We're just here to hear what you have to say. And so I kind of taken away from this listening session. What, how did you feel the, um, the, like you, they say you feel the room, you know, kind of thing. What was kind of the feeling in the room? Well, largely, um, it sounded like a broken record Yeah. over and over people standing up saying the same thing over and over, which was good in a way because, you know, it showed the department of labor. We're, we're mostly in agreement of what we want to see. Yeah. So that that was very helpful probably for them. And if that was the kind of the general feeling in all the rooms around the country, then that was probably very helpful. Um, in our room in Colorado, we generally heard people want the salary threshold to be somewhere between six and seven hundred dollars a week. Yeah. That's much more reasonable than nine hundred and thirteen dollars. Yeah. But the four fifty five, everyone agreed that the four fifty five was too low. Yeah. So like nobody's fighting that. They just want it to be a reasonable increase. And they also said that, you know, the previous rule that has been put on hold um, said that every three years the threshold would rise based on a calculation with cost of living and so forth. And um, most people in the room said they didn't want to see that happen. They wanted there to be another way to calculate that or maybe they wanted there to just be, you know, employers have the option of raising it, you know, but the threshold would need to increase by just a little bit, but then employers maybe would want to raise it more, you know, which I kind of think that's not true. I think if it just increases by a tiny bit, employers aren't going to raise it above what they have to, you know, unless their industry requires it, you know, like to to be competitive with, with wages in their industry. Um, but, you know, but nevertheless, that was very common thinking. We just don't want to yeah. be forced into something we can't afford to do. You yeah, know, it, it, it felt to me like a lot of people were scared about this rule and how it was going to affect their businesses and things like that. So, yeah, um, it was very it was a much needed listening type thing, I thought, for the DOL to to kind of hear people and understand, like, OK, this is kind of like people are afraid of this law. Like literally there were some people who were in there whether it was the nerves or whatnot, but they were shaking as they were talking about, like, I'm going to have to close my business if this has to be a threshold type situation. Yeah, and and I think that's too, like, I, I was picking up on that with, with people, like, we don't want to be forced into doing certain things because we can't afford to, yeah. you know? And, like, one guy, we were kind of giggling about him, but, like, one guy kept talking about all of his employees having PDAs, you know. Yeah, this is a lawyer, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. And I know that the PDA term still exists. We just don't hear it as often. We we talk about tablets a lot and stuff, you know. But anyway, he kept talking about PDAs and and how he would have to, like, limit his employees. And then there were other employees that talked about uh, or other 
job owners or job owners, employers that talked about um, having to move their employees from exempt to non-exempt. Yeah. And then the 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 challenge of having to pay them overtime, which might cost them more than just paying them the exempt wage, which they can't already afford. So yeah. now productivity is going to be suffering. And like just all of these rabbit holes yeah. people could go down. Yeah. And I thought another uh, interesting, there was a guy in there who owned a skateboarding shop. And when you have a skateboarding shop, normally that attracts young people to want to work there. And his argument was, I want these young people to come work for me so they can learn how to work and things like that. But if there's this threshold, I have to hire more responsible older people that are I feel comfortable paying this amount of money to. And so that kind of took the jobs away from the younger kids who are really trying to get out there and learn business and work ethic and things like that. Yeah, it's true. And then there was just um, a very small minority of people in the room who said, we think the threshold should be $1,000 yeah. a week, you know, yeah. and they were obviously representing employee organizations, yeah. you know, employee. They weren't the business owner, in other words. No, not at all. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that was kind of like, well, way to go with that comment, but it's probably not going to happen, you yeah. know. But so there was just a, a small group of people that that we're advocating for that. But overall, six to seven hundred a week is what we were hearing. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with all the rest of it or, you know, how it's all going to shake out. But that tends to be the number one concern is that weekly. Yeah. Yeah. That weekly money. And, you know, even the highly compensated, nobody cared about that. They wanted that weekly threshold to be something that was manageable. Yeah, and that's such I, – I just feel like that's such a reasonable thing, too. Yeah. You know, they, they can do whatever they want with the rest of it. Just this weekly threshold, let's make it easier, a little easier for all of us just to, you know, cope with these changes coming and things like that and not um, not just all at once. Like, you have to pay – you have to give everybody in your organization a raise that's, that falls under this category. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And then, you know, I thought it was also interesting that – there was or there were a couple of proposals to just do away with all the other tests it's like let's don't have a duties test let's don't have any of this other stuff that we have to vet people with to make sure they're exempt like how much how much manual labor do they do or like what you know all these different categories of executive exempt administrative exempt computer exempt you know like whatever let's let's don't even have that let's just have it all be based on how much they make yeah you know, so that was an interesting proposal. Yeah. Um, it would sure simplify things a lot. Oh, yeah. But I'm afraid it would almost be too simple. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there is such a thing as too simple, though. Like, we've never tried that with government. So. <laughs> yeah, we've never had anything that was that simple, you know, <laughs> that was that, you know, just especially when it comes to these kind of things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But I do think that some of the duties tests do need to be looked at if we're going to keep them around. They're not very plain. The administrative duties test, for instance, it only has two things other than the pay. It says they have to have tasks, <clears throat> excuse me, tasks that are only administrative in nature and that they have to exercise independent decision making and discretion over matters of significance in the organization. And that's it. So to me, that sounds like a very responsible receptionist. Yeah. For sure. But guess what? A receptionist can't be overtime exempt. Yep. So we need some more criteria here so that we don't get that wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just too hard. And then one woman brought out, which I thought was a brilliant point, that she has for years had outside salespeople who have been considered exempt under the outside salesperson exemption. Yeah. 
But now, because of technology, her outside salespeople have expanded their territories from the county to the state and the region and the world. And now they're using Skype and other teleconferencing and things like that to have these meetings. But they're taking place from offices now instead of flying to the place mm-hmm. or driving to the place. And so now the DOL is considering, considering them inside salespeople. Oh, okay. And so now they can't be exempt anymore. Yeah, so that's a little tricky. And so technology has messed up what they would have normally considered to be the outside salesperson. And so, like, redefining some of the sales, the way we view salespeople, too, I don't know. It gets really, really messy when you start looking at that. Um, I don't know if they're going to touch that right now or not. Yeah. But technology has affected the way we do a lot of things with FLSA. And... I think it's too much to do with one rule. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But if we can at least get this money thing handled, yeah, that's going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah. And figure out a good way so that we know how to classify the worker. Yeah. So that the DOL is not coming in going, oops, they should be getting overtime. You know, yeah. these people, you know, need to get paid exactly what they deserve. And employers need to know how to classify them properly. And I even made that one comment, you know, when I did my five minutes, one of my comments was that we need more education. Yeah. Department of Labor maybe needs to think outside of the box a little bit more with making things more clear. Just understanding. Yeah. Yeah, Because a lot of the rules are written in very gray language, and that's the law in general quite often, very gray language. That way it's all up to interpretation, you know. Yeah. And you could tell as people were speaking, like, we deal with this kind of thing a lot, you know. So we, you could tell that, like, when people were speaking at some points, they didn't really understand what was going on and yeah, what some, it was all about, yeah. you know. So. Some of the comments didn't even make sense because the people didn't understand the rule in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, all, all in all, it was a good um, – I'm glad we went. It was nice to hear from the general public. And also um, you were able to share some of our users' concerns uh, for helpdesksuites.com, some of our members, yeah, uh, their concerns and things like that. So um, – their voice was heard as well the ones who wrote us in and um you know i I think it's a i think it's a step forward for the dol and it's a very nice thing that they did traveling around the country to these different locations listening to people and trying to figure this thing out so hopefully i i i would say it's probably not going to happen in march just looking at what's going on here but you know hopefully they can get something figured out i know i hope we get something in march and if we don't maybe we'll get something in june yeah you know june tends to be a time when they release things like right after labor day or you know june not labor day but memorial day (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um but who knows i mean we just have to keep our eyes open that's what we're here for so if you're one of our members we will keep you posted yeah we'll definitely keep you updated and if you want to hear a little bit more about um uh, Lisa's response in this uh, meeting we have uh, we have a video that we did where she kind of explained those things a little more in detail and I will post that in the show notes of this this episode awesome that's awesome all right well that's a wrap I'm Lisa Smith until next time I'm Mason Merrill be audit secure To find out more about us, visit helpdesksuites.com slash podcast. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts.